Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of the Same Difference Podcast, where we aim to help people see each other as brothers and sisters in an increasingly polarized world. Today's episode, we'll start off with a general quote. Uh, Aristotle says, uh, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. So we'll start this journey off with uh, looking within. So the title of this first episode is Introspect. Let me first start by introducing myself. I'm Jeff, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, career-wise, I started off in the field of mechanical engineering. However, my hobbies and interests are versatile because it's mostly driven by learning new things like home auto, repair, new languages, tech, gadgets, philosophy, arts, music, you name it. My wife always described me as kind of a modern day renaissance man. So speaking of my wife, basically, I have been married basically 12 years. Uh, we have three kids, um, spend most of my non-working hours teaching my kids. I've learned lots of new things throughout my life, as I mentioned before. So I teach the kids about chess, boxing, fishing, sports, drawing, kayaking. <laughs> Um, but we always, as a family, we put God first. Uh, so my wife and I, we work to make sure that our children learn, uh, to love one another and also live a life of faith. Yeah. And, uh, this is Brennan. I, I, just an intro over myself as well. I grew up in the Western United States, mostly in Hawaii and Utah, splitting my childhood in those States. But since I, uh, have left, left the nest, I've lived in the Midwest and the Southeast, most of my adult life, lots of different places with work. I'm also married, husband of five, husband of, sorry, not a husband of five, a husband and a father of five. Got to be careful on that one. But I love the mountains and the beach and everything that, that comes with those things, hiking, climbing, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But that's pretty unfortunate for a guy who lives in the big city suburbs, yeah. in flat, you know, middle America, very far away from everything. Uh, I'm a manufacturing engineer by training. You're kind of seeing a theme here for me and Jeff. And uh, project, but now I'm a project manager and problem solver in my daily work, and not not as much engineering. I'm also a deeply religious person who's very active in church and teaching my family about how to live a life of faith and service. So you might be thinking, well, how 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 did Jeff and Brennan get together on this? What's going on? So let me tell you about the the story how Jeff and Brennan connected. <laughs> um, so we we worked together and we have for many years. We first connected while working on a project. I think it was back in 2008. Yeah. Um, so when when I when I started working with Jeff on a project, I immediately recognized Jeff as a really smart guy, very hard working, you know, just very, you know, very inquisitive, very wanting to get into the details on things and just very happy person. You know, same here, actually. I, I was pretty new to the job at, at the time. And when I saw Brennan, like I saw the super humble guy with like a deeper knowledge of the inner workings of the company. So he always had like this innate curiosity to learn and grow, which I always aspired to be like. So for me, like the, the more I interacted with Brennan, the more I, my first impression was reinforced. And, and quickly, Brennan, basically you became like someone I not only saw as a coworker, but also someone I wanted to emulate. And that that's when I began to question your judgment, but, <laughs> but it's, it's okay. I mean, I, you know, but I, I really, I, anyways, in all seriousness and honesty, I appreciate that. And, and the, the, the neat thing though, for, for us is that we've been able to kind of follow each other around the company. And we, hmm. uh, interestingly enough, we both had overlapping expat assignments in Japan. Um, purely coincidental that we both ended up there. We were not working on the same things at all. Um, but there was it, that definitely, you know, knowing that Jeff was there in kind of the same building, uh, it was it was a positive thing for me. 
interesting story. When I was there, I was assigned as a project leader for a global project that was going to be impacting us in North America and in Japan. Um, and I, when I got there, I recognized that we had a hole in our project team and it was in Jeff's expertise and Jeff's area. So I actually negotiated with Jeff's management <laughs> in Japan to pull him off what he was doing and have him come work on our project. Cause we, I knew that we needed someone in that area or we were going to have a problem. You know, the funny thing, man, I had no idea about that at all. Like I completely had no idea, but it really changed the trajectory of my career in a positive way by me. So not only that, like we got together on that project, we moved forward on the project. And I think working together, I think it overall naturally involved into like a great friendship or a great relationship over time through that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the, I, I totally agree. It was, it was really a, a neat time because, you know, when you're, when you're in kind of an uncomfortable place, it's like unfamiliar, like a foreign country, you know, it's easy to gravitate toward people that you have some commonality with, but especially, I think that we, we recognize that was like the catalyst. And then we, we mm. recognize, Hey, we have a lot more in common. There's a lot more that we could really build on here right. in our friendship. And so it's been, it's been great. Um, maybe just wrapping that part up, I've, you know, while we were in Japan, our families got to got a chance to meet each other and become friends as well. Our kids went to school together. Um, you know, our wives got to hang out and explore while we were working the long Japanese hours. So it was, it was a neat experience. And since then, since being in Japan and returning back, we've remained in contact as we've changed roles and moved across the country. And now we've both moved to the same, same area of the country as well. And our kind of new company headquarters still with the same company. Um, but kind of going back to your point a minute ago, Jeff, I think what really drew us together was kind of, um, you know, common, common challenges that we were seeing in our careers. And mm. also, you know, the commonality of having a family, raising a family, but also kind of our common faith. We both found that we had, you know, a lot of similarities in the things that we believed and that we trusted in. So it, it, it became a really, a really, uh, real neat support and, uh, you know, great opportunity yeah. as we were working together. I completely agree, Brendan. I, I completely agree. And so I guess the audience is probably wondering now, like, why this podcast? Why is this important to us? Why do others care? Like, what are we doing here? What's the purpose? So what, what I think is basically this podcast is important because I'm hopeful that it will serve as a bridge linking people together. Basically, as a guide to kind of help counter much of the division we typically see. You know, we can turn on the TV any day and you just see division no matter what. So this podcast's aim is to inspire people to see others around them no different than you'll view your own family. In essence, basically, just try to aim to see past all the differences and embrace common, uh, just our abundant commonalities as a, as a whole. Yeah. And, and honestly, this is this is what started us talking about the podcast in the first place. You know, this is a podcast. You, you can't see us, but if you saw us, you notice that we don't look anything the same. Mm. We, you know, we don't, we don't come from the same, the same background in a lot of ways, but we recognized somehow we're able to recognize that we have a lot in common and that, you know, there's a, there's a lot that we could learn from each other. And so we, we knew from that experience of becoming friends and, you know, working together so well that there's got to be a better way to do things than what we're seeing in the rest of the world where things are so polarized. And it, you know, it doesn't really matter what the differences are. There's a lot to be gained from the similarities that you have. Exactly. Exactly. And so we, we definitely think there's a strong significance for this, especially in today's world with a lot of the violence, the hatred we all witness, as I mentioned before on the, you can turn the TV on, you see anything that's uh, mainly focused on dividing people whether it's through race, religion, political stance, any number of traits. So we, we want people to think deeply about their beliefs and take action to try to move forward and try to consider about 
Why do we push ourselves apart or why do we separate each other? And so for us, this is new. This is something that, you know, we're trying to explore. But we think that as we explore and we go on this journey, we want to share our approach and share with you and try to uh, provoke thought along those lines. And so we'll take this one step at a time and just kind of walk through and share what we see and then Mm -hmm. try to bring up uh, key points and just share back with the with the audience. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really what it's about. And hopefully this is meaningful to other people as we go through this. So Jeff mentioned at the top of the episode that our title for today is introspect. Um, you know, it, it's really important to be self aware to, to, to know what's going on inside. So for those of you that are familiar with the Bible, we got a quote for you from the book of Proverbs, um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, you know, there's also another saying out in the world that says the clothes make the man. I, I would argue it's not the clothes that make the man. It's the heart that makes mm. the man. What's inside is really what makes you who you are. Right. So being self-aware of what's going on inside and having a clear perception of your personality, your strengths, weaknesses, thoughts, beliefs, and especially your motivations, your emotions, you know, why you do things and what you do is really important. It's, it's, a, it's a really important place to start if you want to try and improve things for yourself mm-hmm. or you know, in the world around you, which, which is really what we'd like to do in a small way is to try and you know, overcome some of those gaps. So the question is, how do you look inside? How do you do any kind of introspection? And for some, it can be a really daunting task. I mean, we're bombarded by stuff from the outside all the time, so we are often looking outside it can be hard to be quiet things down and look inside. So got a few tips, suggestions, some ideas Hmm. uh, I want to talk about for how you can actually introspect and look inside to kind of evaluate what's going on inside your own mind and heart. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is, uh, is journal writing. This one's uh, very close to me. Um, I feel like journal writing is a great tool for introspection and looking inside somehow for me, the physical action of, you know, taking a pen in my hand and writing down on paper or, you know, putting my fingers to a keyboard and typing something out, that physical connection actually gets my mind going as I think about things. I, I don't have to write very much for, for it to start spurring thoughts and memories mm. and say, oh, yeah, I, I remember this when this happened. Oh, I, I'm starting to feel that feeling again that I felt when I was in that situation. And I can start to write it out. And I can start to, you know, really understand what was happening in my own mind at the time. Mm. The nice thing about a journal is too, that there's no judgment. You know, the, the, the journal doesn't talk back, right? (laughs) Right. So you could write whatever you want and it's, it's not going to come back. Oh, that was a bad idea, Brendan. You know, it it doesn't do that. So it's a great, the journal is a great listener. It's a great receiver for a lot of those Mm. things. And it really is powerful. And honestly, um, you know, not to dig too far back into this one specific item, but you know, journal writing has been a tradition and record keeping has been a tradition that goes back in my family for a long time. And it's something that we've been taught was important and for a lot of reasons. But I, I look back at, you know, I've got on my bookshelf here at home, I've got a, a book um, that was written by my great, great grandfather, wow. which was basically a, a summary of his life. Right. You know, and it was clear that, you know, he went back and kind of summarized things toward the end of his life. But also very clearly, he kept a very meticulous journal throughout his life or set of journals and going through and reading his experiences, you know, back in the days of, you know, crossing the plains and all kinds of other things. That's and really cool. It was, it was, it's very powerful, you know? And so 
I, I don't know that what I write in my journal will one day be as powerful for my, my kids or my, <laughs> you know, my great grandkids or great grandkids, but seeing that example of how meaningful that can be from, you know, my family before me, I mean, it, it's given me motivation mm-hmm. to say, you know what, this is worth writing stuff down. And then I, I see the benefits for myself. So journal writing, great way to look inside and try to like understand yourself. Um, the next one that I want to talk about real quick is meditation. So, I mean, there's lots of techniques out there, you know, you know, yoga, there's all kinds of other things that people do to really meditate. But the key point of, for me in this about meditation is clearing your mind of the stuff that's cluttering it and then being able to focus in on yourself mm. kind of as if you're like a third party observer, right? Clear your mind out. And then you can almost step outside of yourself as you do that and say, huh, why did I do that? Or why, why, what am I feeling about this thing? Or, you know, you, you can start to sort of, take that observational stance right. rather than being in the middle of things. Right. right. So I think it's a really, uh, it's a really powerful tool if you can learn how to do it. And once again, lots of techniques, some are very spiritual, mm. some are not, but you know, lots of different ways to look, look that. So look, look at meditation and try to do it. Um, a couple other things, um, thinking ahead. So you might say, well, how is that looking inside? Um, in our world today, we've got all kinds of stressful situations mm. that we get thrown into work, school, even family, neighborhoods, mm. you know, whatever. And, and there's, there's stuff that, you know, that maybe situations that didn't exist in the past where it might be confrontational now that we're not 10 years ago, right? It's a very different world. But as you go into different situations, thinking ahead and saying, how can I approach this situation? Um, what parts of my personality might come out in this situation that I may or may not like? Right. And so it gives you a chance to very, do a, almost a focus introspection about a specific situation mm. that you have to handle. Right. And so it's a, I think it's a good way to prepare yourself for, you know, whether it's a presentation at work, it's a interviewing new people at work, mm. or it's, I've got, Hey, I know that I have a kid at home. That's got a real, that's got a struggle at school and I have to address it with mm. him or her. Mm. Right. Thinking ahead about what's going to come, what's going to, what, what's going to be my reaction, right? If I, when I go into this, what's going to come out of me? As we think about it, we can maybe plan ahead a little bit and, and say how to combat those, those things we might not like, if you will, coming out of us. So the last one that I'm going to give you as a suggestion for looking inside and introspecting is probably the most daunting, uh, but it's asking others, asking others for help. If you're comfortable, you have, in your, you have a thick skin, you might. <laughs> want to take the opportunity to ask somebody and say, Hey, Jeff, what do you think? I mean, I, I've, what do you, what do you think about this? How did I handle this? You know, do you think that my motivations are okay? I mean, well, it's a little, (laughs) but what, what, Hey Jeff, how did this come out when I did this? Did did this come across the right way? You know, did, did you, what did you see? Right. And as you do that, you can see how other people are seeing you as well. And then you can say, Oh, okay, well, let me think about that a little bit more. So anyway, that's, yeah, there's a whole laundry list, but there's a whole lot of different ways that you can really look inside. And I think that it's well worth it. Yeah. And I, I completely agree, Brennan. And I think that, you know, what you listed and the points that you shared are awesome in the sense that it gives you that chance to kind of look deep within. But you have to be aware that as you start to look deep within, what you're looking for are these what we call biases, right? So that's kind of the main thing that we're trying to check for is we try to look inside and, and we have to be aware that these biases there are many different kinds that exist. So 
it, it's not something that everyone like you have this this fault within you <laughs> you know you but it's just something yeah. we have to understand that everyone it's just a common kind of human condition that we have to recognize that has to be men's all of us have biases and and just mm-hmm. recognize there are many different kinds of biases there's affinity bias which is kind of trying to make sure that you connect with others or there's confirmation biases or you know almost basically like prejudices in, in a sense, there's uh, attribution biases or just trying to look at someone and try to stereotype or different things like this that are just naturally within us through how we kind of are, our environments, how we're raised or grown. And it's not something, again, I want to inf- emphasize that it's not something that's, you know, a, a point that is unique to an individual or unique. It's common across the board. So please don't be ashamed or as you start to take this look within, please try to find your own and recognize. Yeah. And, and Jeff, you're actually reminding me of something, uh, 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 something that I read in a book not too long ago, but bias is actually, it's a, it's actually can be a really good thing, mm. right? Mm. As, as we go through, if you think about, okay, let's, let's think for a minute back to the, back to long ago, you know, our great, 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 great grandparents, ancestors who were, you know, living out in the wild, sure, right? Sure. Before there were big cities, the bias of, I, I feel comfortable and I, uh, I, um, associate myself with someone who looks like mm-hmm. me was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Telling the difference between, you know, another human being and, uh, cheetah was very important, right? <laughs> right. I mean, like, you know, like maybe cheetah is not the right right animal, but some 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 dangerous animal. I need to right? stay over here with my. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So that's it. It's like a survival mechanism, right. you know. What I mean, like, it's a good thing to kind of associate, you know, yourself that way. But it's when it goes, you know, in the society we live in now, mm-hmm. it's when it goes, you know, to a deeper level or goes in a different direction. That's that right. It's, it's, it it can be a problem, right? So. Lots of other types of bias. I'll give you a couple more examples. Um, conformity bias, mm. or in other words, that's another another way of kind of saying, you know, peer pressure as well. Mm. Going along with the crowd, like I want, I want to fit in. You know, everybody wants to fit in and feel like they belong somewhere, right? Uh, so that's natural. But if it, when it clouds your decisions, that can be a problem. Um, the halo effect. This is this is one of my favorites. I'm going to come back to this one later, probably. But placing someone on a pedestal after you learn something impressive about them, like oh, that person accomplished this great thing, I automatically think that they're amazing, and so I want to associate with them. Or the opposite is what they call the horns effect. When you learn something negative about someone, you automatically kind of demean them and say, oh, I I don't want to associate with that person because I I learned this one mm. negative thing about them, right? So that that can be dangerous too, because both of those, because you don't really get to learn. The, the person, the real right. person inside of that other person, right? Right. So, lots of other things going on. You know, there's, we, we, we hear about them all the time, you know, racial biases, gender biases, you know, age biases. Yeah. There's, there, there's lots of them right. out there. Yeah. And, and, and I really like the point that you brought up originally that, you know, these biases, you know, we, we try to give them a negative connotation, but in actuality, you know, they, it had a purpose, you know, and and, and they, some of them mm-hmm. still do to today. And you still, I think the key point is just recognizing. So even, even in, in my situation, like when, when, um, I'll pick affinity bias, for example. So a past experience that I have with affinity bias, and, and, and it's just a situation that I've noticed, I took the time to try to look in and recognize is that, you know, if, if ever like my family went out to like some rural area, some really rural area, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm originally from the, the city. I'm a city guy <laughs> originally. So yep. going out to a rural area, I don't um, associate with so well. It's just because it's something that is new for me. 
So all I can relate to is what I've seen on TV or what I've heard or movies or different things like that. So I start to all automatically associate like rural areas with heavy amounts of racism. So I'm on my guard. I have this guard up and I'm just like <laughs> yeah. worried. And, you know, so when I get out to sit situation like that it comes down i have to recognize that that's in within me that's my own bias i have this affinity bias i want to be around like people you know from the urban areas like myself but i have to try to bring the guard down and try to accept people for who they are at first you know as opposed to having the wall up as a start so things like that you know and, and i'm glad that you mentioned also brendan that you know it's not necessarily always something super negative but it's just trying to bring awareness right yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why really looking inside and figuring out what biases you might have, especially the unconscious biases. And I think I'm really impressed too that you've been able to recognize that, you know, in yourself, Jeff, and and to actually mm. actively do something about that, right? That's a that's mm. a hard thing to do. You know, I mean sometimes we just feel stuff and we just say, Oh, I'm feeling this mm. and then we react. Mm. But when you do something about it, that's that's a that's a very important thing. That maybe another one that I'll I'll share a little bit on that I talked about earlier about the halo effect. Um, I, I know for myself and I'm going back way back to like, you know, junior high and high school days, it, it was really easy for me in those days to, you know, look at someone who was very impressive for some mm. reason, either there were, I don't know, really funny person who got lots of attention or they were super athletic or whatever it might be, you know, the, some, the type of things you look at in, you know, junior high and high school and you value and say, oh, wow, that person's really impressive. I think I want to associate with that person. And then, you know, the opposite effect of people that maybe were not so popular, maybe kind of set aside a little bit. And I, I kind of reflect back on that and I say, you know, I think I missed out mm. on some really, really potentially great friendships with people because I, you know, because of that halo effect, I was focused on being attracted to the, to the popular people, right? And it took me a while to kind of get over that, realize that that's, that's probably not a good <laughs> way to go, right? This isn't necessarily the best the best source for friends and, you know, people to really be a good influence on you. And so even now as a, as an adult, I recognize that I, I see that in myself sometimes and I have to kind of take a step back and say, well, yeah, that person may be really awesome at this thing, but I don't know that I don't know everything mm. else. So I need to get to know that person a little better, or maybe I don't see something impressive about this other person, but recognizing that they're worth getting to know and sure, learn about. Sure. Right. So that it's anyway, that's a, something I've had to be conscious about. So let's tie this back to introspection <laughs> still a little bit more going from the biases to introspection. So how, how can you become more aware of your own conscious or unconscious bias and then work to remove them or set aside them? So the first step obviously is recognition. So we've talked about, you know, ways to look inside and introspect. Mm -hmm. um, but one way to kind of maybe that we've, we've talked about, we, uh, Jeff and I, as we were preparing for this, uh, is really as you get in once again get into situations make a conscious effort to stop before you speak and and ask yourself what potential biases could i have in this situation right that's where you can use that introspection and really try to to stem the tide of the you know maybe negative influence might come from a bias that you have um and once again coming back to another bible verse this is from first timothy you know meditate upon these things give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may, may appear, appear to all. So I apologize. I, I always, I've, I've always uh, used the King James <laughs> version of the Bible. So they got some old, old English in there, but basically, you know, I think the, the, the phrase is true, right? If, as you meditate and think about these things and really and focus and look inside, it'll benefit you. But 
other people will see the difference as you're really looking, looking inside and trying to improve yourself and trying to make sure that you're in a good place. Others will see it and they'll recognize it and it, it'll be a benefit to others around you too. So Brendan, that's, that's awesome, Brendan. I, I really, I, I really do applaud kind of the way that you looked inside and you kind of tried to see a different perspective. And I think that, that kind of goes full circle. So maybe let me summarize this whole thing, like just to let everyone know, like the key points that we talked about today and, and, and where, where we want to go forward and, and what we've picked up, what we've learned. So the very first one I want to say is, it's a, you have to, we have to try to counter much of the division caused by differences by adjusting the lens that you view the world, right? That's, that's the main point of today's discussion, right? And, and I, this, we also have to be aware that there are many kinds of biases. We talked before, we, we went through the list of all those different items, but the key point is to try to spark awareness of your own um, conscious or unconscious bias. And then finally, we want to aim to see past all the differences and embrace the abundant commonalities. That's the main uh, kind of flavor that we're looking for in, in, in our chat today. So, yeah, good so I think what we're trying to do is like, we want to challenge, we want to challenge you. We want to challenge the audience. We want to challenge ourselves and, and try to be more self-aware. Remember the self-awareness is having a clear perception of your personality to know why you do the things you do. And, and as Brendan mentioned before, pause, make a conscious effort to stop before you speak and ask yourself, what potential biases could I have in this situation? And ultimately, the final thing we're trying to do and what we would like to challenge is try to work to remove or set aside your biases with the goal of staring others as similar, as you see them similar rather than seeing them different. So the main point is to try to see everyone <laughs> as similar as possible because there's so many ways you can quickly look at someone and see a difference immediately. But the challenge is, and the hard point is, is how do you see someone uh, as, as common or as same as you would see yourself or your closest relatives or friends? Cool. Thanks, Jeff. I think, hey, I think that's, I think that's a wrap for uh, episode I, I, one. That's all we I got would agree. for today. I would agree. Yeah. Good, good, good <laughs> chat. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Same Difference. We hope you'll think deeply, look inside. And then get out of your comfort zone and be a kinder, more open version of yourself. You need it, and the world needs it. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>